all of these pictures, all of these memes that y'all have been seeing about Rue Color, that came from us. All right. We started this this summer. We made we made 2023 hot talking about Rue Color. That started That's with right. stirring the pot. I want y'all to That's understand right. that. Yeah, you went to bragging rights. Let's not talk about you making your own root. Let's talk mm. about you making your own stock. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. Stop cooking chicken for hours in your gumbo. A vegetarian gumbo is it'd be a very challenging thing to do. You could never make a roux gumbo vegetarian. The bottom line is, is like well, your family traditions and what you think is correct don't override mine. Shoot me down. Ooh, <laughs> Shoot me down. That's the most Louisiana shit I ever heard in my life. podcast a podcast all about discussing controversial food subjects historical aspects of food and pretty much everything else food and cooking related once again let me start by introducing my co-host first up we have mr barbecue brand an aficionado of all things barbecue and a recently featured guest on food networks barbecue usa welcome barbecue brand everybody out there in podcast land Open your ears tonight, because half of the things that we're talking about, you never heard of before. <laughs> Next up, we have Mr. Brandon D., a connoisseur of Louisiana and Southern cuisine, and a self-proclaimed food science nerd. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you, thank you. Welcome to was this episode number nine. So we've been we've been rolling along. It's going to be a good episode, guys. We've got a lot of cut, lot to cover, a lot of things like uh, brand, barbecue brands said you may have never heard of, but you're going to hear it here. I am your host, KCP, a baking and cooking enthusiast and a lover of all Southern culture, history, and cuisine. Tonight's topic is, a, is the final part of our gumbo series. Tonight, we will discuss the unusual suspects of the gumbo world. How are y'all doing tonight? Uh, doing well. <laughs> we I'm ready to get started. We doing, doing real lovely. good. <laughs> Go Strohs! Yeah, Astros <laughs> took the ALDS onto the ALCS. We just That's a little right. excited. <laughs> a little bit. But on to the subject at hand. The unusual suspects of the gumbo world. So I guess we should start off by talking about uh, the famous one from New Orleans, made famous by Leah Chase, um, Gumbo the Herbs. What y'all know about that? I have never had it. <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> Surprised when I heard of it. I knew it was a New Orleans thing, but I've never had it. But sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good. I've never had it either, but they've been making it for a very long time. There's only a few people in the world that I know that are still alive whenever this was first started, you know, being made in New Orleans. So this is this yeah. has been made been made for a long time down here. A very long time. And and what makes it so unique is that obviously it's it's green. It's it's made up of it has mustard greens, collard greens, turnip greens, beet tops, cabbage, romaine lettuce, watercress, spinach, <laughs> carrot tops. All that is just the green part of it all. Actually, the recipe you use like a ham stock as your stock, so it Makes has sense. a very a very meaty flavor to it. A lot of people think that it's a vegetarian gumbo. Well, Leah Chase's is definitely not vegetarian. She's got all kinds of stuff in this recipe, y'all. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and, I mean, that's still being made. Oh, yeah. 
um, but before her death in 2019, she would make, so this was famous for being made on Holy Thursday. So the, the Thursday before Easter Sunday, she made a hundred gallons of this gumbo for that day in particular. And that's just insane. It's pretty much almost as famous as beignets are to New Orleans at this point. It really is. I mean, think about that. A hundred gallons. That's a that's lot crazy. of gumbo. Yeah, yeah that's a so, crazy amount of gumbo. Yeah, Let's so see. that's uh, that's Dookie Chase restaurant in Treme in, in yes. New Orleans, which I haven't been there either. They, they shut down for a few years during COVID times, you know, just like most restaurants, but they reopened. They They took that time and... They remodeled and, and they're back open. I would love to go there. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they had closed due to her death in 2019. Like to, she died in June of 2019. Oh, it's been that long. I didn't know. I thought it was only a couple of years ago. Mm -mm, no, I think we, we have that, that COVID time warp in our head. That, Pretty much. You know. <laughs> Probably so, yeah. It was around that time. What a legend, man. She's cooking till the day she died, man. Absolutely. Yeah. This lady was a was an absolute legend to not only New Orleans, but to Louisiana as a whole. Like, exactly. I have her book here. The <laughs> Duke Chase. Chase cookbook. This recipe, let's see. So we I covered mustard greens, collard greens, turnips, watercress, beet tops, carrot tops. Oh, this has a, a half a head of lettuce, a half a head of cabbage, a bunch of spinach, onions, garlic. Smoked sausage, smoked ham, charisse. And maybe some of our listeners are not familiar with that kind of sausage. Charisse is a is a fresh sausage that has, a, I don't know what kind of spices it has in it, but it's very unique and it's it's delicious. It's not widely known. It's very garlicky. That's, that's the one thing I could say about charisse. A lot of garlic, a little bit of pepper. Some are spicier than others. Some are, some are mild, some are hot, you know, it. It all depends who makes it. You usually find that in New Orleans at a few different places. I haven't really yeah. seen a lot down here. In, in There's only a few places that, that sell it in like the Lafayette area. Yeah, I know mm -hmm. A-Bears and Maurice sell it. You can actually get it as a side item at a little, oh, what is that restaurant in Brobridge? You can get it like with breakfast or something. I don't know. It's delicious. Mm. Um, so continuing with this, this, uh, this ingredient list we have brisket stew meat what exactly is that barbecue brand brisket stew meat yeah is that so, like the trimmings that is <laughs> you take some brisket and then you your trimmings on that you turn that into some some stew meat cook that down she has a a, a pound of brisket stew meat and a pound of boneless brisket now, now look there was a there had to be a distinction made uh brisket get, can, can come on the bone so Sometimes you can get a bone-in brisket that's possible. And probably back in the day, they probably had bone-in briskets that they had to trim up. But a uh, mm. stew meat, like a lot of people think brisket, you think barbecue, but brisket is just stew meat also. So you can cook brisket as a stew and it's, it's absolutely delicious. It's a meat with a lot of connective tissue and it breaks down to a very tender consistency when you uh, cook it on a low and slow process, like a braise. Yeah, I mean, smoking brisket is, that's more of a newer thing. I mean, all that, right, all that right. fat and connective tissue, I mean, that's perfect for cooking that down, smothering it, braising it, whatever mm -hmm. you want to say, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. So, Man, that's a healthy gumbo. That's a lot of greens. That's a lot of greens. <laughs> <laughs> really, really healthy gumbo. What is the uh, main mineral or vitamin that you get from leafy greens? I know uh, iron. Vitamin K. 
Vitamin K. Mm. Oh yeah, you get kicked by that vitamin K in it. It's a lot of vitamin K. I hope you hope you're not taking any blood thinners. <laughs> oh jeez. So with this gumbo, the roux used is actually made with the drippings of all the meats, like the sausages, cooked down. So you make your roux. So kind of like a butter roux, but this is a this is like a grease roux. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's it's an animal mm-hmm. fat roux. I mean, that's a totally yeah. legit, legitimate way to make a roux. Right. It, it, when you make a true gravy, it's from the drippings of the meat that you roasted, mixed with flour, and then the liquid of the meat that you roasted, and that's what makes a true like a true gravy. Like when you're talking about like a a roast gravy, you make a roux with the fat of the animal, and then you add the uh, the drippings. The, all the liquid from the cooking process to make your gravy. Yeah. Man, I don't know. It sounds good. <laughs> it does. Like, it I, does. I like I greens a, a lot. So that's 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 definitely my jam. I have a mission to actually make this this, this winter. I, I'm really down for the challenge to make this because it just seems, it seems so hearty, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, different, it's, you know, like a... Right. You know, with the, the standard, like, roux chicken and sausage gumbo, like I said, it's good, but... You know, it's a real heavy dish, and sometimes you want something maybe a little bit lighter, and that's going to have a lighter consistency than a than a roux gumbo. This is yeah. When like most people talk about gumbo, that they either think of seafood gumbo or chicken and sausage gumbo. You know, we've talked a little bit about the combination of you know shrimp and sausage and, and things like that, but there's other types of gumbo too, and that's what we, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. You know, is the different types of gumbo that make sense. Yes. Things that make sense, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Because we've ragged on a lot of this crap that we've been talking about for the past couple of episodes, and some of this trash y'all putting in y'all gumbo that don't yeah. make any sense. These no. are some of the things that we're going to talk about that make sense. We're going to talk about why. Sense. Yes. Right. So, so this this definitely makes sense. It's it's definitely not your typical gumbo. It's out of the box, but I think that's what makes it so great is that it still fits all those characteristics of like a typical Louisiana gumbo. Right. Like Louisiana so, sounds, sounds like something poor people made and that's, and they made it good. Right. You just take what you have on hand, you know, you, right. maybe you have all these things left over. Maybe this is stuff that, that was grown in your garden, you know? Right. Right. We're, we're going like, to have an episode down the road where we talk about, Oh, trust me, we're going to talk about this whole Creole and Cajun, you know, and the, and the differences between the two and the similarities, but that was, that was part of the origin of Cajuns is they were poor Creoles. So right. they made the things that were native to the, to their area where they, where they ended up. So they're using the things out of their garden. They're using the things that they have close to them to make delicious food. And they're putting things together that make sense. Exactly. Then, think about when you harvest all these root vegetables, all the, you know, the, the turnip greens and the carrot tops and all, and you're harvesting this stuff. I mean, you have to use this in some kind of way or it's just going to go bad and it's perfectly good to eat. So, you know, that's what you do. You make a soup out of it. Right. You don't want anything to go to waste because you, right. you took the time to grow these things in your garden. You don't want to waste anything from it. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff going together. But I don't, I don't know how you could make this. Like they call this the vegetarian gumbo. I don't, Leah, like I said, Leah Chase definitely did not make this a, a vegetarian gumbo. I mean, you could get creative on trying to figure out how to make this vegetarian, but, but why? I will, I'll say this. <laughs> a vegetarian gumbo is, it'd be a very challenging thing to do. You could never make a roux gumbo vegetarian. Never. It, it, there, there's, there'd be nothing to 
for the flavor of the roux to hold on to. It would all just be roux and water and really no, no vegetable could really cut through that bitterness and make and complement it. I, I don't think it would work. I mean, you could, let's say you made like a okra, a vegetarian okra gumbo, maybe that would make more sense. Gumbo is a real hard dish to pull off vegetarian. I, I don't, with roux, I don't think it's possible just because the flavor, the flavor profile of roux is so deep and dark and bitter. It, it's really meant for meat. It's not really meant for serving with vegetables. I mean, have you ever seen like brown gravy on vegetables? It just doesn't make sense. I, I don't know, you know, like once again, the, the, those background flavors of those greens are bitter and that's meant to complement meat flavors. So if it's not complementing meat flavors, what is it complementing? That's why pork is often paired with uh, with greens, collard greens or the, the, the bitter flavors help, you know, and the meat flavors work well together. That's true, that's true. When you think about putting dishes together, especially Southern dishes, you just, your mind automatically goes to that. I'm going to get these, these greens with this, you know, these pork ribs that I'm cooking or right. whatever the case right. may be. And you may not even know, but it's just inherently, it feels right to you. Right. right. But, but speaking about this vegetarian gumbo, I think it's a vegetarian gumbo in the sense of a Southern person. Like, <laughs> like there's not, they, you know, <laughs> There's more greens than there is meat in it. Oh man, they don't have no meat. Like they don't have, <laughs> look at all these greens I put in here. Yeah, it's vegetarian. This is, I think it's, I think it's a vegetarian gumbo in that sense. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, it's vegetarian, but I have ham stock. <laughs> like, you know, uh, they say like a Texas vegetarian is somebody who only eats chicken. So that's, that's a Texas vegetarian. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not yeah. in the 2023 oh. sense, in the 1941 sense, whenever Leah Chase was, was making look, this. You got to think look. about the time period, you know? I'm just saying. Oh, and quick fun fact before we move on from Leah Chase. Did you guys know that the Disney movie Princess and the Frog was based on her? Like it was inspired by her. I did not know that. Well, now you know. The more you know. <laughs> she hmm, had a lot yeah, to do with go. the... Right, I've never seen it. Now I want to go watch it. <laughs> but it, a lot of it, it was inspired. Loves it. Right. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of that was taken from her inspiration. So fun fact of the night. So next time you're on game show, and and that now you know if they ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our next unusual sub uh, suspect. I want to say. Suspect, I don't know. <laughs> Suspect is something that uh, is called red bean gumbo. Now, the first time I heard of this was from Brandon's parents. They were like, oh, yeah, red bean gumbo. That's the best. And I'm like, what is this? Is this another vegetarian gumbo? <laughs> vegetarian gumbo. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> have you heard of this before, Barbecue Brand? I have never heard of this before. Not up until maybe a few months ago or probably really? probably sooner than that but or more recent than that but so wait hold on brandon d you have uh y'all y'all made that at, at your house no 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 oh, never okay uh it happened when my parents they went to uh my my grandfather is from the new roads area so the corner of the boot falls river the river parishes uh he was from there and they went to a like a, a reunion or something like that or a festival and they tried red bean gumbo and they never had it, never had it before. And my mom's, my mom and dad, they just loved it. 
Yeah, it, it definitely sounds very unique. So I, I did a little research and found an article done by um, NOLA.com. And let's see, Marcel Bienvenue. I want to make sure I get that right. You know, shout out. <laughs> I don't want to plagiarize anybody here. Marcel so, Right. right. <laughs> so she did an article on this. And what's interesting is this originated like brandon said the river parishes so this kind of originated around gonzalez louisiana and the reason why it kind of originated around there is because of the blue runner bean factory y'all know blue runner beans mm -hmm. like yeah, a louisiana absolutely. staple so a lot of beans were grown in that area so they had a lot of farmers that grew beans so like we said just a few minutes ago, you use what you grow. You don't waste anything. So basically what happened was you have your Sunday dinner. Most of the time it, it was like a ham. So they had a, le a leftover ham bone. And what does everybody eat on Mondays in Louisiana? Red beans and rice. Beans. So that ham bone went into that red beans and rice. A little bit was left over. What do they make on Tuesday? We got this red bean. These were leftover red beans that went into the pot that became the red bean gumbo. So that's mm. kind of how it its origins kind of came from, at least according to these articles that I read. So makes sense, right? It makes sense to me. And it's, I mean, we all know beans is a great thickening agent. You know, it makes things thick and rich. So I can definitely see how that would make a great gumbo. I want to try this. I mean, I love red beans and rice. So, and, and in that same sense, I wonder if you could make a white bean gumbo. I mean, why not? The, the argument could be made, right? Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's I love, true. I, I love white beans just as much as I love, maybe a little bit more than red beans, actually. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm definitely riding that train for sure. I'm, I think everybody. Well, we are all from South Louisiana, so we are we are white bean people. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's just what we we had more white beans than red beans, and that's just how it is. And I personally prefer white beans. I do I mean, too. Think about how you make red beans, and then think about how you make gumbo, and then you put the two together. It's it it really makes sense as a hybrid. It does. You know, like if the beans are cooked right. You can give me a you can give me a little bowl of beans without rice. I don't have oh, to yeah. have rice. Oh, rice yeah, is the yeah. vehicle for the beans. So like, I see how that could stand alone as a as an ingredient in a gumbo. Like, oh, I agree. It I makes agree. sense I'm in the, my mind. I'm the same way. Like when it comes to like when my mother makes okra gumbo for me, it's she's got a lot of okra in it, and it. I mean, I don't even need rice with it. It just it's good on its own. You know, it's got enough oomph to it <laughs> where mm -hmm. you don't really need Enough it. ankle bone and all of that. Oh, Enough toes. Yeah, that. Toes, yeah. ankle bone. That's right. <laughs> a little bit of shin bone in there. That's, that's it. So yeah, uh, this chef, uh, J.P. Daigle, he's a chef at the Chef John Foles Culinary Institute at Nichols. His father was a farmer and he grew beans. And it says, J.P.'s father was one of the many subsistence farmers along the river and raised a variety of beans thus the creation of Blue Runner Foods in 1918. And the most of most of the family's meals incorporated beans of some kind. It makes sense. That's what you grew. That's what you had for your family, right? Mm -hmm. A roux, not too dark, 
was made to which the trinity bay leaves garlic and the mashed up red beans were added enough liquid usually water was added to make a soupy concoction that was simmered for an hour or more then mama would stand over the hot pot when one by one she plopped in a dozen or so <laughs> fresh fresh eggs which were allowed to poach in the hot soup she stood guard so no one would disturb the eggs cooking the eggs were parched were excuse me poached hard no runny yolks i just was there when i read this the first time i was there in the moment i could smell mm. this gumbo i love eggs and gumbo like a good hard boiled egg and a gumbo <laughs> i will fight you for that egg too <laughs> oh man so, you know it's funny it's funny i don't really <laughs> like eggs in my gumbo I like egg, but I like eggs in like like some stews, like a good shrimp stew or something. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, I don't know. That's just because they're probably just because that's how I always had it. But right. My mom is not a big fan of eggs, so we didn't have eggs in our gumbo. But I don't mind eggs in gumbo. I like it. No, I've never had it poached in a gumbo before. Like, mm, like this. yeah, I I, I I don't know about that. Yeah, poached egg. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know about that. Hard boiled egg, fine. Thing gotta be hardball. Like, some like eight minute eggs, eight minute ball eggs, and then drop them in that gumbo where they cook the rest of the way. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's good stuff right there. Hardball. So, ball. B a l l. Ball. That's so funny. I definitely want to try making that one. Like all, like both of these that we talked about, I definitely want to make. Like this sounds delicious. Like we should just have, you know, like with some shorts out of all these little gumbo different types of gumbos that we you know we can make and i don't know it just sounds delicious to me especially with cooler weather you know outside right yeah, now yeah yeah finally finally cooler weather good god what a horrible summer all, oh yes. all the gumbos all the soups all that mm -hmm. just comfort just bring it just give it to me and a big old bowl and a big no i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you like this i'm taking shots all 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 episode right because we need some we <laughs> <laughs> we we need some guidelines here. Now, we're talking about some some very unique gumbos, right? The gum the the mm -hmm. gumbo zarbs or zerbs, I believe it's pronounced or something like that. Um, zerbs. There you go. Zerbs. The red bean gumbo, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about making gumbo with things that we have readily available to us, things that we're growing, things that we right. don't want to waste, right? Right. 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 Here's the difference. Because I know what people are going to say. They're going to come on here and watch this podcast and they're going to say, well, I'm throwing some stuff together that's in my, you know, I don't want to waste nothing. No, you went to the store. You actively went to the store to buy that pasta. You bought that. <laughs> you, you didn't buy that to make that gumbo. You bought that to make some, some, some butter sauce <laughs> with something else. Hey, don't hey, put hey, that hey. in that gumbo. That don't make no sense. You bought that. You didn't yeah. go to that. No. No, that's the distinct. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I think availability is a big thing when it comes to gumbo. Where you, what part of the state you're from, the regional differences. I mean, my grandmother grew up on the water. There was always shrimp in the gumbo. It was chicken and sausage gumbo. Yeah, it had shrimp in it, dude. I mean, that's because my grandmother had like 200 pounds of frozen shrimp in her freezer that her family gave that she got from her family. You know that we had we had a lot of shrimp in our in our in our gumbos. I mean that was just part of our tradition. And the bottom line is is like your family's traditions and what you think is correct don't override mine. 
So, you know, it's like your family does one thing. My, uh, my family does another. Somebody else's family does another thing. This doesn't make anybody wrong. It's just difference. And like, and like anything else, everybody cooks to their preference. You know, mm-hmm. some people didn't like okra gumbo, so they never cooked it. So, I right. mean, we loved okra gumbo, so we always had it. What Barbecue Brand has said in previous podcasts, you know, like it's exposure bias. What you have been exposed to versus what you have not been exposed to. And just because you haven't been exposed to something doesn't mean that it's wrong. But does correct that pasta in your gumbo is wrong. Just so that's just wrong, so we clear. That's well, wrong. I, I'm I'm gonna say this about pasta sauces. There'll be an episode about pasta. Really starchy sauces in pasta really don't go well together. No. Th- no. Think, think about that. Think about there's very rare occasions where a starchy sauce goes with pasta. It usually doesn't fit. Right. Just no. because it's starch on starch. It's just it's just not good. No. So And I don't think corn belongs in gumbo either. No, never, never. Do not pull leftover corn that you have in the freezer leftover from your crawfish boil that does not go in your gumbo. I know no. you're trying to mm. get your vegetables in, but uh Make some potato salad. Think about that. Yeah. Think about this. Make some corn mock shoe. Make some corn mock shoe. Make something else. (laughs) But you think side dish on the side. Think think about the flavor of corn. Corn is a very light, delicate flavor. It's not super. It's not strong. All that's gonna do is get gumbo's get lost. You're never gonna. You're not gonna taste anything from that. Who wants some? Who wants some greasy corn? Yeah, I mean, like the the flavor of gumbo. It's like a. It's Uh. like a. The gumbo flavor is like is is a is a really rich, deep flavor that that really can kind of overpower something like delicate and like corn. Corn is is super delicate. It doesn't fit in gumbo at all. No, 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 no. It, it no. does not belong there. Anyway, I love giving that's, me a little scoop of corn on the side after you know if I got a bowl of gumbo fine. and I got some corn on the side, that's all right. Hey, there's nothing but wrong with that. That's that's hitting my palate different. I'm taking bites of different things at different times. That's not that don't go that don't go together. Don't don't put that in that. Right. Okay. With with in that era of controversy, I, I really want to rip the bandaid off of this. I'm sorry. Potato salad does not belong in your gumbo. It goes on the Ooh. side. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot me down. Ooh, <laughs> Shoot Lord. me down. I, no, I, I didn't say you couldn't take a, a, a bite of your potato salad and your gumbo at the same time. That's different. I don't believe that potato salad belongs in the gumbo at the same time. No. I don't think so either. <laughs> I mean, I, I, but, but hey, look, I'm not going to judge anybody for doing that. If that's the way you like it, do it, do it, do it that By way. By all means. But I, I like my potato salad on the side. I, hey, look, sometimes that, that, I'll mix a little bit of that gr- that gumbo with that potato salad comes out great, so I, I don't mind doing that, but I don't like it mixed together. Hey, I'm nah. just sitting on the sideline with my popcorn because I don't like potato salad. So, yeah, n- <laughs> potato salad don't belong in your gumbo. <laughs> Back no. off with that. Talking. I'm so shocked by that, <laughs> by that fact. We're going to make you some German potato salad. There we go, some katofa salad. There you go. There you go. That don't go in. That don't go in uh, gumbo. That don't either. go in there either. <laughs> let me dust off. Let me dust off the bullets. Hold Ooh. on. Yeah, I mean, like is, meal after that one. Right. There's, I mean, like there's just me, like you know, I guess it's following too many Facebook groups. There's just so much BS about what goes in gumbo and what doesn't. Oh, yo, gumbo's wrong. My mama gumbo is is better. You know, she got that recipe from some. 
secret sacred tablets that she found ca carved in Cyprus in the Louisiana swamp or some crap like that. Let's, come on, man. Like, we, 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 we're all... like the gumbo Mormon or something. It, exactly. I'm not. Hey, look, <laughs> look. The uh, the the recipe was the recipe was carved on uh some Cypress tablets on a tree that was struck by lightning. You know that that was it. Some somebody talked to a burning Cypress tree in the middle of the swamp, and they gave him the original gumbo recipe. Whatever BS you want to believe. I mean, these things are these things come from family traditions. People just make these things. You know, everybody has different ingredients. I think there's a lot of regional similarities to gumbo and the regional differences from gumbo as well. Yeah, That's and true. you know, the here's the issue down here is that we are very prideful people. Southern Louisiana people are extremely prideful. And I'm proud of being proud, prideful. I, I, I'm proud of where I'm from. I'm proud of of our culture and our yes. like heritage and you know all of those things but sometimes we are prideful to a fault yep like yes we just speak and do and we don't have the background to really even back up anything that we're talking about like that's that's nope. the problem it, like we were talking about this earlier read a book talk to yep. some people do some history open well, your mind yes, all of those yes. things the book I suggest is the Encyclopedia of Creole and Cajun Cuisine by Chef John Fultz, who is an, uh, uh, one of the highest level experts in the origins of Louisiana cooking. I mean, really, I cannot strongly write. I mean, you, uh, you'll see that this is just a combination of so many different things. And you have to give every single group credit. They all brought something different to the table. And it combined into make what we cook nowadays. This did not, there was not, this did not develop in a vacuum. You know, it, it comes from other places. There's Spanish influence, there's French influence, there's African, there's Native American, there's yep. German, there's British, there's French. all kinds, yeah, French, all there's of all it. kinds of yeah. influence. Louisiana is a true melting pot. It absolutely you know, is. It really, really is. From the is. jump, from the oh, yeah. jump. Like this was jump. never like this was never like anything super pure to where we no. created every single thing that you know and love today. This 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 all came from somewhere yes. and it all meld together to become what we are prideful of now, which is our cuisine. But right. you have to be truthful with yourself about where these things came from and, and what it actually is. What is the history behind this? Right. So that doesn't mean that something that one person is making is wrong and another person, what they're making is right. There's, right. there's, there's guidelines, like we've been talking about all episodes, there's guidelines, but it's art, right? And right. it all comes mm. from different, different cultures. And that's what, it, that's what it is today. That's what Cajun and Creole cuisine is today. Oh, right. And I mean, you, you, yeah, you look at like rice. I mean, rice is a, is, is from the Spanish. It's not from the French. I mean, name me from French right. cooking, name me one famous rice dish from French cuisine. Anybody? They, they, they don't really use rice. No, no. That's a Spanish. No. Rice is a Spanish thing. So the influence of rice in Louisiana is Spanish. It's not French. And the reason why they grew rice in Louisiana, because rice is one of the few places where you can actually, Louisiana is the one of few places in the United States where you can actually grow rice. You can't grow it. Oh, there's uh, South Louisiana, uh, East Texas, 
uh, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. That's pretty much the only reason they grow that specific. They do grow rice in South Carolina too, but that's all. Rice is a Spanish influence. It's not a not a French influence at all. Absolutely. That's right. absolutely. That right. Mm-hmm. I was about all to right. say risotto, but guess what? Right. Yeah, that's all. That's that's from that. Well, it's Italian, isn't it? Oh, is, is risotto Italian? Risotto is Italian. Yes. Paella, is Spanish. Paella, for sure. Paella is, but I think you know what? I, I'm pretty sure Spanish people make risotto too. So I mean, like, but uh, maybe the yeah, Italians I mean, stole it from the Spanish. Well, paella is the basis for jambalaya. <laughs> so correct. This is true. That's the parent dish to jambalaya. Absolutely. So let's jump into another unusual suspect here. What about duck and andouille gumbo? Mm. Oh, that's I, a good one. I like I like both of them things. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. I mean, very similar. You think about it, very similar to the concept of chicken and sausage. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. a pol- poultry, poultry and andouille. Um, you know, the thing about it is, is duck duck is such a different meat from chicken. Yes. I mean, it, it really is. It's much, much richer. It's got more, uh, it's got a, just a deeper, darker flavor to it than, than chicken does. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. And it, it, does. It, it also, it also stands, it also stands up to, uh, I think with a, with a duck and all dewy gumbo, I would actually go with a little bit darker of a roux than I would use for a chicken and sausage. That, that's exactly what I was about to say. Duck, it just, as soon as you said duck and on dewy, I was like dark roux. That extra bitterness from that dark roux, I think, complements duck a little bit better, because right. duck can duck can stand up to it. Duck doesn't. Duck, a chicken can be overpowered. Duck is really, really a, a very rich, rich and flavorful meat, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to overpower duck. And I think I think it complements that well. That smokiness from that andouille, you know, that that works really well with the, the gumbo too. So mm-hmm. I, I really think with duck and andouille, you, you want to use a little bit uh, a little bit darker of a roux than you would use for a chicken and sausage. But like I yeah. said, it's all up to you. You know, I wouldn't use a light roux, but I mean, I think you'd have mm-hmm. to be brick or darker than brick to to get that. Yeah, that's I that's agree. what I would say. That that duck, see that duck has a place. You know, it's like you can if you've had duck before, you know that you know that flavor, you know what it gives your mm-hmm. dish. You know, unlike chicken, right. chicken can gotta go a lot of different ways. Hashtag, hashtag chicken thoughts. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, duck duck is a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not as it's duck is not as a. Uh, as versatile as chicken. I mean, chicken is like you said; it can take any seasoning. Duck's a little bit more particular. It works with uh, it, it works with some uh, some different types of spices. You know, different types of herbs go with go with it. Uh, thyme goes really good with duck. Uh, you know, also mm. sage. Sage is a good combination with duck. I, but you have to be real careful with sage. It can overpower a dish. But for a duck and only doing gumbo, a little bit of sage, a little bit of that poultry seasoning probably would help you out a little bit. Yeah. Especially if it's like a wild duck. So you're right. you're, you're dealing with a very, very rich flavor. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely would add uh, some of those herbs. I am not a fan of wild duck at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little too gamey up, for you? Oh, God, yeah. I grew up with that, and, like, I, I was... Mm-mm. When I had to eat it, it became like rice and gravy, as little juice as possible. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I can't do it. It's just, uh, it's too strong for me. And, and my grandfather, I, we called him Pop, God rest his soul. He was a huge duck hunter. And he always had a duck 
gumbo and i'm like it, See, the, it, it usually had other wild things in it brandon d can attest to that like the I first can. time he ate at my, <laughs> my people's house so i go over there cooking gumbo he says got two gumbos one's chicken and sausage i'm like okay and he says this next one is uh two ducks three squirrels and on dewey i was like I think this is a challenge. I said, I'm going to go for the duck and squirrel one, but uh, oh, I don't even know if that was the duck. Would, yeah, that was not all Dewey. That Whatever. was some deer, that was some venison sausage. Whatever kind of sausage it was. <laughs> yeah, so this so is the wild pot over here. Yeah, yeah. good though. That's pot. what I want to know. Was it good? I was I, look. I I so I tried it. I, I did. The gumbo was cooked very well. Everything. I the duck was fine. I didn't care for the squirrel. Uh, I mean, I call it. I, I'm gonna be honest. I've eat. I've eaten. I've eaten a lot of wild game. I've eaten all kinds of things. I'll try anything, but the squirrel. I call it shitty rabbit. It tastes. It tastes like it has a texture of rabbit. If rabbit tasted bad, that's what I think about it. Rabbit is actually good, pretty good, but squirrel has that same kind of texture except it doesn't taste good. That's uh, that's my opinion. I'm not a fan of squirrel. Just not my thing. Yeah, I've never yeah. had squirrel. It's it look it it has a texture of rabbit. It's lean like rabbit, but it doesn't taste good. If rabbit tasted bad, it would be squirrel. That's it's <laughs> shitty rabbit. Right. I've I've had enough in my lifetime where y'all don't y'all don't have to eat any. I I, <laughs> I had to eat it. It was this or the kitchen is closed. Yeah, basically. no, I'm not not <laughs> a fan of squirrel. I, I just don't think it's I just don't think it's worth it. It's got a bunch of tiny little bones. It's just so like. I just took it. I tasted it. You know, it was okay. I mean, I'm not going to say it's like it'll make you vomit. It's definitely not. But it's like a, it's just got it's like tough. a, it's, it's tough. A and it's t- tough and a little gamey. You know, it's got the gaminess that rabbit doesn't have. And the texture's fine. It's not, the texture is good, but it's just too many small bones. And I just don't think it's worth the trouble. I mean, that's just my opinion. You know, it's, it's but I it's am so- a fan of duck and I'm a fan of wild duck too. But the, the trick to duck is you can't overcook duck. So you, no, if you if yeah. you overcook duck in a gumbo for a really long time, you're really gonna turn that duck very livery tasting. So my suggestion is to take your duck to you know debone your carcass and use your carcass in your in your to make your stock, make a good duck stock, and then add your duck later in and just gently really cook that really gently. You might want to bake it beforehand so you can render a lot of that fat out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, duck, ducks have a lot of fat under that skin. A lot of fat, a lot meat. of fat, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. The last, last time I cooked duck, I've never cooked a duck gumbo, but last time I cooked duck, it was uh, I roasted it. You know, I had to, mm-hmm. had to, I had to hit it pretty hard to to render that fat under that skin. Duck, yeah, ducks are heavy. Good. Ducks are heavy meat too. It takes a lot of seasoning to season duck as well too. It's not not light like a uh, like chicken, so you're gonna need a little bit more seasoning for a duck. Yep. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So the next gumbo that we, I wanted to talk about kind of touches on what we were just talking. This is a smoked rabbit and tasso gumbo. Mm-hmm. So I we encountered this um, a few years ago. We were riding along River Road uh, by Baton Rouge, and we stopped at this little place. We were on our way to New Orleans, just taking the long way, the long scenic route. If y'all haven't taken mm-hmm. that road, that road, River Road, it's got all the old plantations and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, but we stopped at this little place and <laughs> they had on the napkin holder special smoked rabbit gumbo. <laughs> it was like interesting. Did, 
Did you order some? I did not. To my terror, I regret not ordering it though. Okay. I was, everything else we had at that place was so good. I was so full. I was like, man, I, I don't think I could handle some gumbo right now. It was. I, re- <laughs> I, I wish I remember the name of that little place, but it was delicious. What we had. Yeah, it was ordered, very good. But, but yeah, yeah, smoked rabbit. Now I do like rabbit, and a smoked <laughs> rabbit in mm-hmm. a gumbo. Holy moly! Rabbit, ma- rabbit makes a very good gumbo. Very good. Have yeah, you ever so, had a barbecue brand? Yeah, I haven't had I haven't had rabbit gumbo. No, I've had I I've think had that's rabbit, a, that's a, but I haven't had gumbo. My next question was going to be what what type of roux would you would you have with that? Because I'm trying to get together in my mind. I, I don't think it, you would go that dark on 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 that. That's going to be probably, more of a probably not. I'd say probably. I'd say if you hit it either like a little bit lighter than a chicken, like a like a brick or like a, yeah. like a just treat it like a chicken and sausage gumbo. That's, that's what I would, I would do. think. Absolutely, we've mm. done it a few times. Um, I know uh, the best stop definitely has smoked rabbit. They mm-hmm. keep, uh, and I, I think yep. in the freezer, um, yeah. and we had gotten one and done it. And um, actually, my mom had got one uh, a smoked rabbit for Brandon for his birthday one yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's the most Louisiana shit I ever heard in my life. Pretty, pretty much. God, dog. What you want for your birthday, baby? May I, I want to smoke it. La Pain? Just too much for barbecue brand sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. I'm guessing my country didn't match yours in that section, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need me a smoke rabbit for my yeah. birthday now. Man. Hey, here you go, man. <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but yeah, it was really good. We threw it in there, and I mean, it makes a really good gumbo. I mean, it does. It does. Rabbit is really good. It's mm. it's a nice, clean tasting meat. You know, it's I don't want to say it's like like chicken, but <laughs> oh, it's got it's got a slightly it's not, dis- it's, it's, it's not like it's not like chicken. It's definitely got a different texture than chicken. Yeah. And it's got a slightly different flavor, but it's a very light, mild flavor. I mean, it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. guess uh I don't know. It, it's the texture is it's it would be like a to me it's like a cross between like the white meat and dark meat of a of a chicken. It's like a Yeah. Yeah, kind of in between. A, like like a like a super super mild pork. There's something yeah. like that. Very, very, very mild. Uh, no, mm-hmm. but not as not as light as a chicken. Not as tough as pork. Kind of in between that. Yeah, I would say more yeah. like a turkey, like yeah. a dark meat turkey texture. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a little on the more on the tough side, but, but very, not, very lean. But mm-hmm. lean, yeah, lean and and not gamey at all. Even wild rabbits, I wouldn't say, are very gamey. Mm-mm. They don't have a lot they of fat. Very, that's, no. Yeah, and that's mm-mm. you're right. That's the thing. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, uh, another one we we can talk about is I love this so much. Smoked turkey and andouille gumbo. That is like the best part of Thanksgiving, I think. <laughs> Excuse me. Because I am not a turkey big turkey fan. But if you smoke in a turkey, I'm sure take the leftovers and put it in a gumbo. Smoked turkey makes a great gumbo. It really does. Oh man. Tur- turkey turkey makes a very good stock. 
so anything anything oh. with anything with turkey is going to make a I, I prefer turkey stock to chicken stock oh absolutely. i mean if you're making a gumbo if you make a turkey stock it's going to be better than your chicken stock it's a richer flavor it's a little more bold um it's uh i guess it's lighter than a duck stock but not as head not but heavier than a chicken stock it's more flavorful yeah well, i smoke I, turkey next make a great gumbo oh, exactly yes. that's right yes. and let me tell you i am a fantastic I am a believer in turkey stock now, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but man, that gumbo that we made <laughs> in that was, uh... like I can't get my mind <laughs> off of it. That was, I mean, I had, we, we, <laughs> we had producers killing. I mean, it was, it was hot. I seen the steam coming off of the bowl. They didn't care. They burned all the roof of their mouth. <laughs> all of that. That yeah. gumbo was hitting, son. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? The Go gumbo ahead. juice. I don't want to call it stock. Like the the finished product was, it was so silky. It the was. The mouthfeel was so silky. It 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 was oh, that was the best gumbo hands down I ever had. Yeah, that was, was that a, one. That was a uh, that stock I made for that one. That was a roasted turkey stock. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I took I took turkey I took turkey bones, neck bones, everything. And I just roasted that with onions and onions and uh, celery, a little bit of carrot, you know. And I just roasted that, roasted it really well so it gets dark, you know. It's almost really brown and not burnt, like you know, a couple shades above burnt. You know, a little, a few minutes longer, it would have been smoked. It would have been done. But take that, you put that with some water, and you deglaze that pan, and get all those brown bits up, and then you just let that go for like five or six hours strain it and it makes a beautiful stock i mean it sets like jello let me tell that's you that's what gives you that mouthfeel that texture yeah it was like it was just kind of like it was I, I, i'm gonna stop it's just um, it's just a it's a silky texture man it's, it's gonna, it's there's gonna nothing be real you after dark if i start yeah <laughs> talking about that stock if y'all don't know by now brandon d is my plug when it comes to sauces and stocks this man is a wizard and this <laughs> yeah. stuff is fire yeah, it's it's a it's a good one. You stop making stock. I, I love making stocks. I just find it super fun, and I I'm, I'm kind of behind on my stock making. I have to get ready for gumbo season, but making a making a good turkey stock, man, gosh, it makes such a good gumbo. Even okay. if you even if you're using chicken, even if you don't want to use turkey, use turkey stock and make your own. I'm telling you, a homemade stock, man, your gut you'll elevate your gumbo levels. You know, if you think your gumbo is good now, make a homemade stock, and it's going to be even better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. We always oh. talk about everybody talks about and they're prideful of, oh, I make my own roux. I make my own roux. Well, you know, that's fine. But if you're not doing anything other than oil and, and flour, then then what are we talking about? You know, right. Like, that's like that's I, not flavor. That's like a flavor some, carrier. Yeah, exactly. Like, OK, sometimes yeah. I make my own roux, but it's because I'm ad adding in animal fat. So I'm adding in smoke. or I'm doing right. different things and adding in different elements. You make you, you make your own roux. That's fine. That's cool. I'm not, you know. I'm not gonna right. knock you for it or, or anything right. like that, but you that don't make anybody special. Making right. your own stock, now we're talking about elevating something. Because yeah, that look, is look. just a flavor, like you just you can't get that out of the store. No. No, no. And look, if you if you are willing to sit over a stove for an hour and a half stirring some roux, you can definitely make a stock, which is oh. about I would say about ten times less work than making oh, yeah. a roux. It really is. You throw some meat in the oven, you brown it, you throw it in a pot with water, you simmer it for four hours, and you don't even have to look at it 
you just you just let it go. There's right. no, there's no, there's, I, I leave beef stocks on overnight. I put my, I, I make sure I have enough headspace in my pot that I'm not close to the top. Put it on, put it on low, get it simmer, or it's just about three, four bubbles per, per second. About, let's see, three or four bubbles, you know, coming up every five seconds, real slow simmer, and then just go to sleep, wake up, and it's done. Mm-hmm. Wake Simple up hungry. You wake up hungry. Wake oh, up, wake yeah. it up. It's, all Waking up, it smells like beef stew, you know, but uh, it's, it's real easy. And the greatest, the greatest <laughs> part about it is, is you can, you can concentrate your stocks lower to where they're, you, you basically boil it down to where you reduce the volume and concentrate it. And then you can freeze it like that. And it's where you don't have to take up a lot of space in your freezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You went to bragging rights. Let's not talk about you making your own root. Let's talk mm-hmm. about you making your own stock. Yes, stock then, is then, key. Then we can talk. You can use all the jar of roux you want, but make your own stock. That's mm. where it, it really makes a difference. So right. moving on, my favorite gumbo, <laughs> my favorite unusual suspect gumbo that I have recently found out about in the last couple of years, and I'm not going back. Steak and okra gumbo. Ooh. Oh, it's the best. All right. <laughs> now, this is funny. This is a funny story because I recently found out that my, my that my grandmother used to make this. So my uh, my mom's mom they had they ran a, a dairy farm, right? So when the cows, when you know, when you have a cow that's not producing milk, you usually bring it to slaughter. So they would slaughter that, and they would make. And she said they would make beef and okra gumbo. And I was like, I never heard of, I've never heard of this at, at all. But my mom had heard of it. She said, but yeah, we, we used to make it. But they, she said, oh, I forgot we used to make it. It was such a long time ago. And they got rid of the cows when my mom was fairly young. So, but it is actually, it's actually really good gumbo. It's one of my favorites. And, K, and KCP is not even a real big beef person. And that's her favorite gumbo. They kept, let me tell you all something about these two wonderful people on this podcast right now. <laughs> They made they made this, and Casey kept telling me about it. You gotta taste this steak in the okra gumbo. You gotta taste. You gotta taste it. I'm like, okay, all right, you know, you know, people tell you that you just all right, all right, you know, that's fine. When I tasted that, I was like, hey yo, <laughs> what is this, son? It's like where has been all my life. I had never heard of this before in my life, but it was fire. Oh, straight it hit, flames. It hit a spot you didn't even know existed. It was right. so it was so beefy and hearty and just like you didn't want to oh. you didn't want to stop eating it. Like there's no way you could eat a whole lot of it, but no, no, but you didn't want to stop eating it. That's for sure. But every every bite is memorable. I tell you this. Look, I say this this gumbo. It satisfies a craving I didn't know I had in a way yeah. there's ways that I didn't know was possible. So I mean it is it is it is excellent excellent gumbo and I uh, we had heard about this from our friends they said oh we make steak and okra gumbo I was like my mom never told me about it so our, our friends told me about it I was like what is that but that sounds that sounds awesome all all and they, I remember, they made they made it from us and it was incredible all I remember was heating it up and then I I took a bite and as soon as I took a bite Alexa started playing Prince nobody even. I was trying to figure out where that, where that music was coming from, but it was that is hilarious. It wasn't Marvin Gaye. It is. It is just awesome. It's an awesome gumbo. It but is, it's it is a very rare rare gumbo. It, it, it's made by people who raise uh, who raise cattle. So that's yep. 
eating what you have on hand. This is right. what people had, like mm-hmm. Brandon said, how his mom, his, her people raised, you know, they had dairy, a dairy farm and all this stuff. You know, that's where it came from, out of necessity. You know, like right. Brandon's other grandmother, all the shrimp that they had, that's what you ate. When you have something on hand, that's what you eat, you know? Exactly. Like, if you think my grandmother was buying another chicken for gumbo when she had all that shrimp in her freezer, Come right. on, dude. Like, I mean, exactly. like, that's like, now y'all getting some shrimp. I can add three pounds <laughs> right. of shrimp versus going by a three pound chicken. Exactly. And nobody, and let me tell you, nobody was complaining about that gumbo. No. Oh, so, no. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I'll eat shrimp way over some chicken any day. <laughs> Twice right. on Sundays. <laughs> so, yeah, this I uh, love shrimp. Yeah, right. it's one of my favorite foods. So, steak and okra gumbo is basically kind of prepared the same kind of way where you know you have to pre-cook your okra and then Shoot add okra. it so basically um you cook your your beef down so I, I, what did yeah. we use well, well yeah, you basically make a beef gravy so you Be- need yeah. It, yeah so you need to make like a louisiana style beef gravy which is basically just onions meat and water and you just cook that down real slow so uh you know the onions the trinity too so so what you need is you need a meat that uh, a meat that's a tougher cut that's going to break down with connective ch- tissue, like a, you could use brisket brisket point. You could use uh, I think brisket flat would get too dry. Uh, chuck roast is a good option as well. Yes, um, that's you could use short ribs are another fantastic option. Short ribs make a great gravy. Ooh, so yeah. you could use short ribs. Anything that's a low slow cooking you know a lot of you could use hey if you want to be non-traditional you could use beef cheeks that would work too mm-hmm. so that has a lot of connective tissue in it so it's going to make you it's going to make a nice really rich gravy with a lot of uh, gelatin in it mm-hmm. you know a nice slow cook so you make that and you just you know from louisiana gravy perspective how you make that is basically you're browning meat and onions together and you're getting those onions really really caramelized and just adding water a little bit at a time to basically deglaze that. It's basically a stovetop braise. You could also do it in the oven if you want. I mean, that's that's fine too. So you make a really a really rich gravy from this uh from a really rich gravy from this braise, and then you add stewed okra, and then you just add enough liquid beef broth, uh, homemade preferably, to turn it into a gumbo, and that's it. And then you just have to cook it for like thirty minutes just to let it kind of come together. And that's that's pretty much one of those a very simple gumbo to make. So and we use good. we use sausage in it too. Mm-hmm. So we use a, we use a smoked sausage. I tell you yes. what, you really got me thinking about those beef cheeks. Right? Beef cheeks may hey, beef cheeks are man fantastic. I've they're, had some by the way, beef cheeks before. Yeah, and they are not as fatty as people think they are. They do have no. a lot of fat, but if you trim them up, they're not. They're less yeah. fatty than a brisk a brisket point. But they have a more connective tissue than a brisket point, so they break down and they're real sticky. Mm-hmm, they do, and it's, it's they're so beefy. Like it's very, very beefy. It's the, the beefiest, beefy. It's the, probably the beefiest thing on a cow. Like it's right. I ca- like I call it dark meat beef. <laughs> There's like the dark meat for beef. It's a beef cheek. Yep. So it's beefier Delicious than a brisket. Too. It's beefier than a short rib. Beefier than cow tongue. All that. It's all beefier than that. Mm-hmm. Hey, we definitely might need to try that. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. <laughs> yep. Okay, so let me let me kind of quiz y'all here. What are some other unusual combinations as far as protein wise? Mm-hmm. Do you think you could do something with lamb? I never thought about having a lamb in a gumbo. Lamb is I so delicate. 
it's so delicate. It would almost have to be a a light butteroo to me. That's the first thing that pops in my brain would be like a hmm. yeah. Lamb can lamb can be pretty. It can be you know like if you have a lot of lamb fat, it can really overtake a dish too. So it could be. I if if I if I if I did lamb, I would I would pair it with okra rather than roux. Yeah, I agree. That's true. I, agree. I think I think it would I think it work better as a as a roux uh, an okra uh, okra gumbo than than a I roux think gumbo. So too. I think yeah. so too. Lamb does have a little gaminess to it too, depending on the cut. So I think the okra would definitely work with that better than a roux gumbo because right, you already right. you're already gonna have even though it. Barbecue brand said it is is delicate. It is, but it also has a richness to it. So I think the uh, the okra would would pair better than a root. Right. I think I think the the acidity from we cook now when we stew okra, we stew okra with tomatoes. So I think the the brightness from that would really help with something like lamb, which is a really really mm-hmm. rich meat. I mean, very very rich meat. So. Uh, I think that that combination would work a little bit better. I would make it like a beef and okra gumbo. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I would what, say what? so. I'm thinking about different proteins that you could put in gumbo. I'm thinking about some things that you really can't get down here. Well, you can get them, but it's it's very rare, like hmm. buffalo or elk. Well, like an elk yeah. gumbo. Yeah, that would work. It's same, the same, you know, kind of the same uh, lines as venison, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like gaminess. Man, buffalo would be so good. I mean, that's right. some that's some beefiness right there. That's like yeah, the, it is. That's like the pure beef. <laughs> yeah, you can. You yeah, can that uh, would be really good. Yeah, yeah you just got to get a you just got to get a cut that either stands up to a really long slow cooking mm-hmm. process, you know, or you don't cook it as long. So you might have yeah. to. You don't want to cook lean beef for a long or lean meat for a long time. It would make it real real tough so right. you know you'd have to you'd have to think of, you have to really consider the meat that you have when you're making making these dishes so right i'm gonna give a shout out to my aunt risa up in south dakota you need to try that out for us since you have a little more <laughs> accessibility yeah accessibility to that uh that buffalo up in there yeah uh, call me <laughs> <laughs> right so what about alligator y'all think that hmm. would work some little frog legs up in there. That probably. I, know, I, like, I like. I like it. It's real light tasting. It's a real light meat, and it it toughens up pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's very very lean. Uh, that have to be one of those <laughs> ingredients you would have to add towards the end of the cook. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. I think you'd have to treat it like chicken. I think you know, mm-hmm. as far as roux is concerned, you could do it with okra as well. But I think it would most. It would be better with a roux. Oh, I hold think... up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. Since this is our last installment of Gumbo, which, you know, next season we might we might spin the block on y'all. We might, depending on okay. how y'all respond to this. But oh, we're, we're, I cannot, we're definitely... you, oh, I cannot let this episode let this episode go away without bringing up because just because you said chicken, we have to start putting our chicken in a little bit later into our cooking process of our Gumbo people. I'm going to tell y'all right now. Stop cooking chicken for hours in your gumbo. And you see little chicken worms all throughout the gumbo. All this stringy chicken, nobody wants that, okay? Put your chicken in later, all right? We want chunks of chicken in our gumbo. We don't want strings of chicken in our gumbo, all right? Thank you. 
And I know what I know what people are gonna say. They're gonna say, well, you know, the bone, the bone part is really important that gives you the flavor. Look, this is why we make a homemade stock. Mm -hmm. So by using the homemade stock, I am basically eliminating the need to cook chicken in my gumbo for hours. Right. There's no need. It's already it's already there. You've already extracted right. all of that flavor. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I just I just use for me the chicken, I just use I just use boneless, skinless chicken thighs. I pre-cook those and I add it at the absolute end. The chicken flavor is already in there with the stock. Doesn't need to be cooked on the bone for hours. Oh, and let me say something else too. I got a lot. I got a. I got some Ooh. bones to pick with y'all. No, there you go, let, man. Let me, let, me, let, me let me tell you something. I'm gonna I'm I'm chop this up. I'm gonna chop this up, and this is gonna be a short right Fine here. Fine, dice it for it, thing. brother. Fine, dice it. <laughs> All of this talk, we okay. This podcast started. This is our ninth episode. All of this talk, all of these pictures, all of these memes that y'all have been seeing about rue color, that came oh. from us. All right, we started this <laughs> this summer. We made we made 2023 hot talking about rue color. That started That's with right. stirring the pot. I want y'all to That's understand right. that. Why, Why is this podcast getting getting fired? No, I don't. I don't oh, yeah. I, I'm tired. Next time you look at a meme, <laughs> next time you look at a picture, think about us. We started that. Now, dang. Yeah, right over there. You need a fan. We might, yeah. we might need to start this episode all need the some, way over. This might need yeah, to be a two-hour episode. Yeah. I got some things to talk to y'all about. Yeah, need some water, man. Need a little cool <laughs> off a little bit. Yeah, let me give me get a little sip. Let me get, get a little sip right it, now. Get that boy a towel. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. If you, I'm gonna give people from out of state advice. If you're cooking gumbo for the first time, never, ever post a picture of your gumbo and put it on any Louisiana. It's not gonna end well yeah. for you, man. Don't do it. That's 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 be, they will they yeah. will rat shit you to death over that. It does doesn't matter. That's All like you didn't do is ass. Well, you yeah, didn't do like, this. You didn't do that. Well, whatever, man. That's but like me I'm sending a, a video to to Michael Jordan uh, of me doing layups in the in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares, bro? Yeah. <laughs> like my, Mike, right. I'm about to, I'm gonna say Mike, I'm about to take you to the rack one on one. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let me just put this out there. If there's anybody listening that, you know, is unsure of their gumbo game, right? Hit us up. We would love to coach you through this. We would love to give you pointers. Yeah, so we would love to go. Please interact with us. We are your friends. Yeah. You don't have to, you can you can post confidently on these Louisiana forums or, or pages or whatever after you talk to us. Look, That's gumbo all it is. We're, we're here to help you. I'll tell you, I'll start off with help right now. One, gumbo is not a hard dish to make. It's not. It's not. You have to follow a particular set of rules in order to be successful at it. One is you have to cook a roux gumbo for a long time. There's no way around it. But the thing about it is it's an easy cook. I mean, you put the roux in the water and you simmer it for four hours and... That's pretty much it. There's nothing more to that. I mean, right. uh, as far as cook time, use onions, use celery, use bell pepper, use green pepper. I use poblano. I don't care what people say. I don't like green peppers. Poblanos are better, mm -hmm. you know. So whatever, you know, you can, you you if if you if you think I'm wrong using that, we can have an argument about it. We can talk about it, and I can I, I can convince you that I'm right. So I don't care. I don't care if you if you think I'm wrong. Go ahead and think I'm wrong. I don't give a I don't give a shit. You know I I don't. I honestly don't. You know I hey look I hey another thing I use shallots in gumbo. Shoot me. 
I'm tired. I'm tired. Look, I, I've, I've I've studied a lot about cooking, and this is this is take this is not like something that I just do on the side. This is a passionate thing I do. I study it. I read books on it. You know, I I, I follow people that you know. I read uh, blogs by people that cook, and you know, look at their methodology for doing things. You know, it's a serious thing for me, and I, I don't do anything just you know just out of the blue. You know, this stuff is well thought out. Preach, you know, me. so preach. And I, I tell you, it's, that's just how it is. You know, I mean, gumbo is not hard, people. It's not a hard thing to do. You just have to you just have to follow the rules. You have to cook it right. If you're not sure about making roux, buy jarred roux. It doesn't matter that much. No. Your stock is going to make your gumbo shine more than your roux. You can argue that to death, whatever. You make a great stock, you make a 100. great gumbo. If you have good roux, a, a great stock, you can make a good gumbo. It's like I say all the time. I'm not telling you what I heard. Telling you what I know, exactly, and we know. I know because I've done. Right, you know exactly. This is not. This is not me. saying I, I cook gumbo all the time. I mean, we we you know, and it's 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 a process. I mean, my first gumbo wasn't the greatest. I mean, I'll be honest, it wasn't wrong, but it was, man, it was way too thick. I didn't know what I was doing, and you know, he is one hundred percent correct on that. Way too thick. Way too thick. But my mom came and fixed it. She saved the day, which is with some hot water. <laughs> yeah, you go back and watch this. Rusha Daddy Part 2. We, we, we talk yeah. all about that. We talk about breaking down starch molecules and why you cook gumbo as long as you do and right, all of those right, different right. things. So go back and right. check the previous episodes. We have a lot of we'll have a lot of gems in our episodes. So we're yes. just here to tell yeah. we're talking a lot of noise tonight. Tonight we're feeling, we're feeling yeah. a little froggy, all right? I'm we're talking a lot of noise, but it's just like KCP I, said. Just talk to us. We will help you yeah. take your stuff to the next level. Yeah, we won't judge right. you. Nope. Right. At least not right away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, judgment free zone here. We don't we don't judge people. No, we you know, will. We, we will we will help you. If you want help, we will help you for sure. We will give you pointers. Listen to our podcast, you know, and or just reach out to us. We would love to interact and with like you. I and like I say, there 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 will there will be definitely videos coming coming of us cooking uh things. Gumbo will be one of them, you know. It's just you know, hey, look, this is this is just the beginning, man. We're just getting kicked off here, so we gotta we gotta take some time to develop some stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yes. So with that being said, and everybody, calm down a little bit. <laughs> I don't I'm care. Gonna, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read a quote, and this comes from Julia Child. So Julia Child. Yes, a legend. If you don't know, you should look her up. Julia Child said, the only real stumbling block is fear of failure. In cooking, you've got to have a what-the-hell attitude. There you go. Very so, true. Very true. So I thought that was very fitting, even though I didn't even know we were going to end the episode like this. Perfect. So anyway... We want to thank you all for joining us. And as always, please like, comment. What is that music? <laughs> Just took a little bite of that, that steak and okra gumbo. <laughs> little Prince. There you go. That boy is silly. <laughs> all right. Please like, subscribe, comment, let us know what you think, if you want any pointers, like I said. But thank you. Thank you again for joining us and for watching everything, and we appreciate all of you. So with that being said, 
We want to thank y'all. Good night. Keep stirring the putt. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good night. Thanks for listening in.